From the JAMA Network, this is the JAMA Medical News Podcast. Discussing timely topics in clinical medicine, biomedical sciences, public health, and health policy featured in the medical news section of JAMA. This is a special episode of JAMA Medical News. I'm Jennifer Abbasi. We're coming to you live from the American Heart Association's flagship conference, Scientific Sessions, which this year is happening in Philadelphia. In this episode, we're focusing on e-cigarettes and vaping. JAMA has recently published several new papers about e-cigarette use. One, by researchers at the CDC and the FDA, found that about 28% of high schoolers and 11% of middle schoolers say they use e-cigarettes. Here at the conference, I spoke with the American Heart Association's Dr. Rosemarie Robertson about what's now being called the vaping epidemic. We discussed what the science says about the health effects of electronic cigarettes and what the AHA is doing to counter the vaping trend in young people. First, could you introduce yourself? Yes, sure. I'm Dr. Rosemarie Robertson. I'm the Deputy Chief Science and Medical Officer for the American Heart Association. Great. Thanks for being with us today. I'm delighted. So there's a lot of programming this year around vaping. I just attended a session that you moderated. So can you tell us a little bit about what we know about how prevalent vaping is these days? Well, the answer to that is completely different from what it would have been just a few years ago. You know, in 2010, 2011, we were just beginning to see kids beginning to vape. We were just beginning to see e-cigarettes coming on the market. But by 2013, 14, 15, uh, products like Juul, which provide much higher levels of nicotine, were coming on the market, and they were heavily marketed. And within the last several years, they've been marketed even more. So now what we've seen happen, you know, over the last several decades, we worked really hard to reduce the use of combustible cigarettes in youth particularly, in everybody, but particularly in our children. And we had reduced that from perhaps one in four kids using combustible cigarettes to where we were down to five or six percent. So great success. Excise taxes, clear indoor air, uh, education of both kids and their parents and schools. So that was a great public health success. And it is being wiped away by the appearance of e-cigarettes. So now e-cigarettes with all of this marketing and the spread through kids and social media uh, now affects more than one in four kids. And it varies from community to community. Uh, Recent data said 30% of kids in southeast Connecticut, for example. So there are millions of kids now using e-cigarettes. And between, for example, uh, 2017 and 2018, we added a million and a half kids. So those kids, many of them, some of them use it, try it a few times, and, and and don't use it further. But these are kids who within the last 30 days have used e-cigarettes, and many are using it 20 out of those last 30 days. Some are using it every day. And those kids are becoming addicted, and they're beginning to notice that they're becoming addicted. And in some cases, uh, when we've done surveys through the AHA's research program in, uh, uh, in tobacco 
we find that they are desperate to quit, to quit vaping and just can't do it. So this is a real epidemic. The CDC has called this an epidemic, and the CDC doesn't use that word lightly. So th this is really, a, you know, it, it is a public health tragedy. I, I've, I was around during the years when, you know, we just assumed if we kept doing the things we were doing, the numbers would continue to fall. And we really were, uh, were caught unawares when, this, when they began to rise so explosively. And, and they began to rise that way with money and influence from big tobacco. So when uh, Altria, for example, became a major supporter of Juul, the resources uh, of Altria came into that, uh, to that company. And suddenly, we began seeing it everywhere, and kids began seeing it everywhere. So why is the American Heart Association interested in e-cigarettes? What's the interest there? Yeah. So, you know, we've known for a long time uh, that cigarettes, combustible cigarettes, are bad for your health. Uh, and it's not just lung cancer and you know, problems with COPD, other kinds of uh, pulmonary problems. But it is, in fact, heart disease uh, as well, atherosclerosis, arrhythmias, uh, sudden cardiac death, atrial fibrillation. Many, uh, many cardiovascular problems uh, are related to the use of combustible cigarettes. You know, we now have two uh, widely separated, actually three now, Surgeon General's reports that make that case you know, very clearly. E-cigarettes were advertised at the beginning as another way to quit smoking. And no question, we want people to quit using combustible cigarettes. We should have been more suspicious when they were advertised with flavors like bubblegum and unicorn and cotton candy. Uh, you know, those aren't the names you would, uh, you'd use if you were reaching for an adult audience. And you might not make them so easily hidden uh, as they are in some of these products. So the beginning ones weren't quite so easily hidden, but the current products really are. They look like flash drives. They look like pens. They're hidden in what looks like the drawstrings of a hoodie. So it's very easy. Kids are pretty good at hiding things anyway, and this makes it even easier. And when kids use these, they get addicted to nicotine in the same way. And that's particularly true of these later generation e-cigarettes. So the early ones provided nicotine, but not so much. Now, one pod, when you use it with one, either Juul or one of the uh, uh, other kinds of products that use these, contains as much nicotine as a pack of cigarettes. So one whole pack in a tiny little thing about as big as your thumbnail. And kids often will vape a pod a day, sometimes two or three. And, you know, as, a, as an adult cardiologist, when my patients said they were smoking three packs a day, that was a huge burden of, uh, of tobacco use. And some of our kids are doing that in high school. And kids are beginning to do it in middle school. You know, kids in the sixth grade uh, are beginning to vape and are becoming addicted. Worse yet, that addiction leads often to a transition to combustible cigarettes. So it's not that, as they sometimes think, that they've picked to get their nicotine in a safe way. Uh, it, 
you know, other compounds are in e-cigarettes, heavy metals, propylene glycol, flavors, all sorts of things, and, uh, and they're not regulated and approved by the FDA yet. There are dangerous compounds there that have some of which have known toxic effects, others that just haven't been studied yet. They may be on the FDA's grass, generally regarded as safe list, but that's to eat them. It's not necessarily to inhale them. Uh, you know, I think uh, the medical folks who were, who were listening will remember popcorn lung. The people who worked in uh, the factories that made our microwave popcorn, which sometimes came with buttery flavor produced by a chemical called diacetyl. It was fine to eat that popcorn, but the people who worked in the factories and inhaled the diacetyl developed some of them bronchiolitis obliterans, popcorn lung, and some of them died. So there's no question that these, you know, really unregulated uh, products can be dangerous, and they can lead to transitions to combustible cigarettes, so you haven't really saved uh, anything there at all. And are there potentially cardiovascular effects of the nicotine in e-cigarettes? Absolutely. So the nicotine levels when you use something like Juul, which uh, uses nicotine salts rather than the nicotine in, uh, uh, in other forms that are present in the previous e-cigarettes, are easier to inhale. They're not so irritating. Uh, the pH is different. And the level can be as high as inhaling a cigarette. So you get a very rapid rise. The level drops off quickly. So you occupy those receptors, and then they get unoccupied. And you're really in a situation where you're set up to, be, to become addicted, certainly in terms of the levels of nicotine that you can, that you can take in. So we know that nicotine uh, from cigarettes uh, and, and from other forms uh, has a number of toxic effects, that it affects blood pressure and heart rate and myocardial contractility. And we know from having studied some of the constituents of e-cigarettes, uh, nicotine as well, but even some of the flavors, uh, it, we've done some of these studies in uh, isolated endothelial cells, uh, in vitro, uh, myocardial cells uh, as well. And so some flavors have effects on myocardial contractility or myocardial electrophysiology. Uh, some uh, have toxic effects on the endothelium, on endothelial cells. Uh, platelets are affected. So there's a whole host of things, and it depends on the, the flavor and the concentration and all those things. And nicotine, of course, has, has its own effects. So we don't think that youth should be using these uh, at all. We certainly don't think pregnant women should be using them because we know that there are deleterious effects on, uh, on the fetus. And we're concerned, in addition to those direct toxic effects, with what will happen to addicting a new generation uh, of young people. Now, the AHA filed suit against the FDA somewhat recently and, and won. So can you tell us a little bit about what that was all about? Well, we did. So, you know, we, we and, and many others worked very hard to be sure that the FDA had the authority to regulate tobacco products. That was a great public health win, we think. Uh, along with that authority uh, came the ability to not just uh, regulate 
conventional cigarettes, uh, but to also deem other products regulatable. And that could include things like e-cigarettes and cigars and cigarillos, etc. We thought it was taking too long for those products to come under the authority of the FDA. And so we pressed to make that happen faster. And fortunately, in the spring of 2020, that will that will happen. Uh, we're, we're glad it will happen. And, and we think really, uh, you know, uh, our public health colleagues at the FDA will be glad uh, as well. What are some of the initiatives the American Heart Association is launching around e-cigarettes and vaping? Yeah. Well, you know, having having seen in the last couple of years, the last two years in particular, this explosive rise in teen vaping and hearing about it from the many schools that we're in with educational campaigns, we decided we have to be all in to try to thwart this epidemic. Just, just no question. And, you know, we care about this problem with youth. And in terms of research, we're going to care to the to the tune of $20 million devoted to research into a number of important areas. You know, we have a lot of uh, animal research data about the effects of nicotine on the early developing brain, on the cardiovascular system. These kids are being exposed to very high levels of nicotine, and we don't actually have data about that. So we need more research in that area for sure. You know, in addition, we need to know more about, uh, since some of these kids are becoming addicted, we need to know more about how to help them stop using, stop vaping, stop using nicotine products. And, the you know, the evidence-based methods for cessation in kids, there really isn't enough evidence to say. I mean, many things are being tried. Uh, but but we think that studies need to be done in those areas as well, and, and that that is really urgent. So these the, you know this twenty million dollar bolus of funds will be to support two year projects, two or three large projects with uh, you know from centers uh, or group of institutions. Uh, the RFA will be out uh, will be out soon. And it'll affect, it'll uh, include both those areas. It also needs to look at the fact that some kids who are already smoking are using e-cigarettes as a cessation device. And we need to know if that's at all a reasonable thing to do. And, and we think for anyone who has tried to do that, adults or kids, really you want to be off nicotine. You want to be off any product that addicts you. So we need the research to support those plans. And then we think we need to be able to support some policy research to know which policy initiatives will be most important. Uh, there's no question that across the country, uh, literally hundreds of cities and some states have begun to uh, think about banning uh, flavored e-cigarettes. We know that flavors are very appealing to kids and they help kids initiate uh, the use, but we need to evaluate the impact of those policies uh, as well, so that'll be part of this, uh, of this as well. Uh, research is one part of it. That's an important part of what we'll, what we'll be doing. 
But in addition, we will have programs in schools. We had a meeting with school superintendents here uh, while we were here at sessions with, uh, you know, many good ideas, many thoughts of, uh, you know, and, and letting us know about things that they're trying, some of which seem to be being successful, some of which maybe not. Uh, but getting that information is going to be very helpful. And then really kids want to fight back at this. So this is a generation of kids that takes problems like this and says, you know, we're going to push back. If, if big vape, you know, big tobacco now masquerading as big vape uh, is trying to addict us and make us customers for life by addicting us, we're not going to let that happen. And we're going to have, we're going to tell them to stop lying about their product. You know, representatives of some of these companies, Juul, for example, have gone to schools and said to kids, this is a perfectly, totally safe product. And that's just not true. So, you know, where it falls in the safety spectrum is, uh, is you know, a complex question. But even if it's safer, it's not safe. And it certainly isn't safe to be addicted. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you unpacking this all for us. Pleased to be here. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this special episode of JAMA Medical News, live from the American Heart Association Scientific Sessions in Philadelphia. I'm Jennifer Abbasi. For more podcasts, visit JAMANetworkAudio.com.